This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, As always, lots to talk about here tonight, but... What I wanted to start things out with was something I mentioned on the show last night, but we never had a chance to get to it. And it's a little piece of audio that uh, Johnson discovered online. It's an old 1950s, apparently 1958, uh, Disney cartoon. Now, it's not a cartoon like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or anything like that. What it is is essentially it was Disney's vision, and I'm sure based on a number of other people's vision at the time, but Disney's vision of what the highways would be like into the future. Now, remember, this is 1958 that we're going to be listening to here. And and what I thought was most interesting about this is that uh, there was really some visionary stuff uh, in people's heads back then about what highways could be. And this is kind of, it's exciting because it's visionary, but at the same time, it's sad because much it of it happened. Yeah, yeah, much of it were very far away from actually making it happen. And Mark has Mark has a new microphone tonight, so you'll have to bear with us as we teach him how to use it correctly. Yeah, it definitely needs to be like right in front of your mouth. He's got one of those little headset deals, uh, so hopefully this will be uh, this will work. If you I notice, look like John Madden. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. At a little Cam, younger. Cam.freetalklive.com if you care. Yes, you can. Um, all right. So I'm going to play this, and then you know we might stop in the middle of it and, and comment on it. But I just thought it was neat. I just wanted to uh, to share it just to give you an idea of what the marketplace might have come up with had the government not taken over the roads system and absolutely quashed any sort of market development or or incentive uh, innovations and all that. All of these innovations, many of them probably could have happened by now. Uh, let's get started on this, shall we? So 50s, it's wonderful. Speed, safety, and comfort will be the keynotes of tomorrow's highways. A multicolored highway system may enable the motorist to reach his destination by following the correct color strip. The increased speed of tomorrow's automobile will demand that highway signs be larger and more simple to read. I think it's interesting to point out here that uh, Disney World and Disneyland, the the Disney properties out there, tend to have really good road systems. They really do. You don't get uh, once um, you know once you get past everything in uh, Kissimmee or, or Orlando, whatever you want to call it over there, mm-hmm. um, Disney World. You, you know, once you get from the public, uh, the, the government roads to Disney's roads. Everything's easy once you get on Disney roads. You know exactly where you're going. You're confused as hell while you're on the government roads, but once you get to Disney's roads, everything's great. Right. So that's why I think they've got a little bit of credibility here when it comes to these ideas, because they implemented at least uh, you know some some good uh, innovations on their own roads. It's just that every other road's not Disney, so why should they? Anyway, here we go with more. So that the motorist can anticipate his moves well in advance. Better visibility will be featured in new highway designs. As day dims into night, electric eyes automatically illuminate the way ahead. What are electric eyes? I don't know, but it sure looked neat on the, you know, all the the roads sort of lit up on their own, basically. So just as you came along, they popped, you know, the lights, it sort of lit up? No, it just sort of lit them up all the time, I guess. I see. I'm not sure. I don't know what an electric eye is. Who knows if it would have come true, but my point here is that... 
at least they had some ideas and somebody if they were if there were all private roads out there would have been investing into these ideas they would have been doing the research and development necessary to turn these if possible into reality keep the highway surfaces dry through rain ice and snow now who wouldn't want that one we who? were talking about this the other day actually right. Here, they salt the roads, and it really takes a toll on the roads. They get Not to mention vehicles, right? Yeah, yeah. You actually have to wash your car a certain amount of time because the salt gets all over your car. And Which it's we don't do. ruined. We, yeah. we wash it after winter once. That's it. Well, um, you know, they do have driveways that are you know, self-heating driveways. Do that's, they have not, that? Not self-heating, but you, it, it's, you know, a tube of, full of warm water that goes through the driveway. And no kidding. Takes care of the water, and that way there's no salt or sand on your driveway. And wow. So they nice. do have that It's one. expensive, but... Uh, well, now, right. It's expensive now because it's probably not in very high demand. It's If it's only for a driveway, then only so many people are going to want to use that at their house. You can get the tubes for... It's $150 for 300 feet at, at Home Depot, mm-hmm. and um, obviously you have to get the crews to put them in, but they're not that difficult. They uh, they usually put concrete in with these uh, the stuff that looks like chicken wire, but it's thicker and, and firmer than chicken wire. Right. Well, now, on a driveway... You You'd have to have it running 24/7 on a like a, during a wintry time, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't think you would. No, would just they have when it's a snowing. way? To, would they? I guess. Well, right. But but if it's snowing out, you'd have to have it on 24/7, wouldn't you? Well, it doesn't snow 24/7. It's not snowing right. now, but it's cold enough that the snow stays. Yeah. So this melts the snow. It goes away. Maybe there could be a sensor on it to tell when the snow was melted. I and think it could that turn itself off. J- just a, uh, a a little toggle for the homeowner would be fine. Yeah. Because if the snow's on there and you turn it on, it heats it up. The snow melts away. It goes away. Um, I mean, it's going to turn to ice somewhere, which is a problem. But, but imagine this on the uh, the actual roadways of America. I mean, from point A to point B, no snow on the roads, no puddling water, and none of that stuff. I mean, if it was done all over, then it, the, the costs would be cut down tremendously. Exactly. And think of all the costs that go into clearing roads now, all that salt that has to be stored. There has mm-hmm. to be a place to store that salt, so they have to have their, you know, their little side-of-the-road salt barn thing right they once have there. this was in Plus it might all the big trucks and the uh, dump trucks that have to for snow removal and all that other stuff wouldn't be necessary right. it might actually even pay for itself if you think about it it, it, it would mean, depend on salt savings it would have to be time. there would have to be it would have to be in use all over sure let's continue I cut most of the music out, but I guess I left a few segments. If visibility is poor, our windshield becomes a radar screen, showing the outline of objects ahead. So a little, or, a little HUD screen for your yeah, yeah. Well, I've yeah, seen like, that like Star Wars. I've seen that on um, on cars. Uh, there was now, the, this is an interesting observation. You're going to hear some other things here. They're sort of focusing in the car for right now. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this audio is that many of the things they predicted for the car, the in dash, the in, you know, the car display, that sort of thing, a lot of these car innovations have happened. They've come true. Mm. Why? Because the government doesn't regulate the inside of cars to death. Not so government, much, yeah. Government doesn't own the car manufacturers, so we have real competition and we have real incentive to innovate in the world of auto, you know, the automotive uh, industry. So there's a real stark contrast in this audio between some of the innovations for in-car and the innovations for out-of-car, most of which you'll hear just have not occurred. While the in-car stuff, we're pretty much there on all of this. Here we go. Fog may be eliminated by dispelling devices along the right-of-way. 
Dashboard panels featuring built-in safety controls and electronic operating devices are predictions for tomorrow. A teletype panel shows up to the minute traffic bulletins. Teletype. The recommended safe <laughs> driving speed. Right, is now, now, the vision's there, right? I mean, it's not teletype, because teletype was the best they had to describe that sort of a thing back then in 1958. But the vision there is, is accurate. We have traffic. You, you can go and purchase hardware and put it in your car that will tell you traffic conditions. Sure will. You know, whether it be uh, your radio or satellite radio or I think they even have little, the little map things are coming down with traffic in some instances. I, I know that, that it's, in some metros you can get that. Right. So, again, all this is happening. Automatically indicated. Our rear view mirror is actually a television picture. They're doing that now, too. They've got the little LCD displays. Yeah, for are, RVs especially. Yep. So that's here. Airborne emergency units would combine police, fire, and ambulance services. That one's not happening. Government's oh. in charge of that one. Well, they do. It is sort of happening. They have uh, the helicopters that... Uh, yeah, but he, they, they were respond. saying that it would combine them all into one if necessary. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, again, something that if we had a little bit more innovation and competition, who knows what sort of now, neat things I think would government happen. made it on that one, but not to say that that's that great. I mean, it's... It's the police service. That's what they, you know, the, this is an area that makes money for them, you know, that they can charge the public a great deal for. Who flies the helicopters? Is it the ho- the hospital or the police department? Eh, probably the hospital. I think it's the hospital on that one. Continue. In one sweep, a giant road builder changes rough ground into a wide finished highway. Prefabricated bridges and overpasses move immediately into place. That's not happening. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Coming up, they uh, will talk about the Atomic Mountain Tunneler, which definitely is not happening. Uh, again, some of this it- interesting vision from an old Disney film. Just thought I wanted to share it with you. And of course, would love your comments as well. How much of this is, uh, is even possible? Can we have it happen in the near future if we get the government out of the roads? One way, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. And, by the way, those features include the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That is LegalZoom.com. So uh, this is, uh, by the way, on a website called Polls Boutique. PolsB.com. They have dug up an old 1958 Disneyland TV show entitled Magic Highway USA. And basically what it is, it was it was about eight, seven or eight minutes. I cut it down to you know, around four Um Basically, what is this? A vision of the future from the Walt Disney Company. Uh, specifically, the future in regards to the highway system and getting from point A to point B. And they also sort of delved into uh, the cars and what people might be doing and how that might change. So some of it I cut out because I really wanted to focus on the highways and the vision that these people had as far as what was coming in the future. They thought, at least, that these things would be possible. It turns out that many of their predictions were dead-on accurate when it came to in-car, 
when it comes to the in-car innovations of having a, a heads-up display or having uh, the latest traffic information piped into your car uh, via some you know futuristic device. Well, those devices exist now. Um, so all of those predictions came true. While their predictions for the roadways of America, not so much. They're, they're hit and miss. You'll hear there's one or two examples of where... Some things have happened, uh, but for the most part, no. Most most of these ideas never came to fruition because no one ever bothered to put any money into investigating them. No one ever uh, cared enough to innovate because it's the government that runs the roads. Right. It's the tragedy of the commons. And, uh, you know, the roadways are common to us all. And what's the government got to lose if they don't do any innovation with the roads? Nothing. Exactly. So I'm going to continue here with uh, the rest of the audio from Disney. Again, this is 1958, so keep that in mind. Oh, wait. Uh, hold yes. on. Before you go on, yes. another point I'd like to make is, what do car companies have to lose if they don't do innovations? Investment? Sales to other car companies. I mean, imagine for a second if uh, Cadillac was still making the same car that they were in 1959. I guess they're known for the, uh, the, the 59 Eldorado with the little pointy taillights and that kind of thing. Imagine okay. if they were still making 59 Eldorados. No anti-lock brakes. The windshield wipers didn't have intermittent anything. AM radios. They didn't have 8-tracks <laughs> back then. I mean, nothing. Yeah. No innovation. And that's what we're getting out of our roadways. Almost no innovation. Okay. Here we continue with the audio. Passes move immediately into place. Combining what you just missed, in case you're just tuning in, was a, like a, basically a vision for a road-building machine that just goes and builds a road. Like it moves forward, and a road comes out the back of it, uh, essentially. So very interesting. New formulas of concrete with quick-setting ceramic materials. A mobile kill is supported by the bridge it builds. That's a pretty radical idea, in case you couldn't get that. Um, the, I, the mobile kill, I'm not sure what a kill or maybe kiln was the, the word they used. But it's essentially, ceramics. Essentially, again, the idea was a, a huge bridge-building machine that would essentially hang off of the edge of the bridge it was building and, and slowly move and spit out a bridge, basically, from one side to the next. Is it possible? Maybe. Will we ever see it? <laughs> not if the government keeps this stuff up. For tunneling through mountains, this atomic reactor applying incredible heat literally melts the hard rock as it makes molehills out of mountains. Here is preserved... The what would the environmentalists think about that one? I don't think they'd like that much. Imagine that. A, a, essentially, in the video, you see this uh, beast of a machine with sort of this reactor um, on the end of it, the front of it, and it just tunnels right through the mountain. It just cuts a whole a huge swath right through the uh, the center of the mountain. Of course, that's a great idea because getting around mountains is an incredibly costly activity. Uh, having to build that, you know, the roads around the mountains is you have to build them longer and that costs more. If you could go right through the mountain, you'd save a lot of materials. And if, you know, certainly we, we have nuclear power plants, so we've got the ability to harness the, this sort of power. It's just that the environmental lobby via the government has, uh, you know, put put the quash on any new nuclear plants, and certainly they wouldn't want anybody driving around a nuclear device to tunnel through mountains with. We can't have that in America, now can we? Continue here. The grandeur of mountain travel with the use of cantilevered skyways. The shape of our cities will change. As expanded highway transportation decentralizes our population centers into vast urban areas. America will someday... Once again, something the uh, environmentalists and city planners would absolutely hate. Uh, the concept of 
the sprawl, as they like to call it, well, where things go but that's out. that's pretty much happened. Um, you know, well, cars, it is happening. Essentially, um, everybody's got a car now. It wasn't so common in the 50s uh, for that to be the case. Really? Well, you know, the, the cities hadn't uh, adjusted to that. Sort of if you lived in an urban area or you lived in an agricultural area, and it, there wasn't qu- quite so much suburbia. Now, um, everybody dri- people, some people drive an hour to work, hour and a half. Yeah. Crisscrossed by a network of super-speed transcontinental motorways, highway and automotive design will move forward together. First, we'll well, have that's a- not happening. No, it won't. More because the government's gas- in charge of one. Yep. Urban car. Then the speedier jet, the inexhaustible atom, and possibly the sun-powered electro-suspension car, <laughs> which needs no wheels. Oh, These sure. spectacular cons- Hey, now that's possible, you know. It, it, it That could very easily happen. Uh, solar technology is certainly well on the way. There's some really good new solar that's that's coming out. And having some sort of levitation system, you know, also possible. We're not quite there yet, though, because, again, the, the roads haven't been advancing at the same rate as automotive technology. And there are people out there that would like to bring us flying vehicles... But the government, in the form of the FAA, is standing in their way. Exceptions will lead to new dimensions for the American highway. Such visionary ideas, which today seem sheer fantasy, will be commonplace to future generations. There will be miles of tubular highways. Air-conditioned routes across hot desert wastelands. Sounds really expensive. (laughs) Over sub-freezing mountain ranges. Not sure why anyone would want to be driving through a sub-freezing mountain range, but uh, interesting vision nonetheless. Well, one would assume that you wouldn't have to, to go 55 miles an hour in that area either. Well, if you had the in- the enclosed little highway that they're talking about, you could go 55 miles an hour. Yeah, well, they would. Ex- I, I would. I would expect if you're driving through those areas that they would. They would have the expectation that your car would be going 150 instead. Under the ocean. Now that one's happening. The under the ocean thing is happening. Was the the channel? France to uh, to England? Mm-hmm. That one's happened. These giant arteries will link together all nations and help create a better understanding among the peoples of the world. As in the past, the highway will continue to play a vital role in the progress of civilization. What it will we- be our magic carpet to new hopes, new dreams, and a better way of life for the future. What a wonderful vision, and and how correct they are that the highway system is really critical to the economy these days, and it's always been that way. Well, transportation in general does bring people closer together. Right, so I love the vision, but unfortunately it's just been squished because the government's in charge, and it has just just absolutely ruined innovation for highway-related matters. We can't even begin to fathom what we would be seeing right now if it were always the not the government that were in charge of highways. We can discuss this more. Take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. 
How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com and read some of the real testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. So we were talking about the highways. We'll get back into that here, uh, but let's go into the phone calls first and talk to John in Salem, New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, John. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? And lady. Hello. A couple couple of uh, issues here. I just thought I'd mention that my activism took another tiny incremental step. I'm now a YouTuber. Uh-huh. What are you YouTubing? Well, I have one that's on there that is just, this is a test. <laughs> and I'm... Got to start uh, somewhere. Huh? You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, that's a big deal. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a big computer guy, so, so I took the, the Dave Ridley course, and and uh, he can't be blamed for any of my mistakes that I make on these things. But, so uh, did you go out and buy your own uh, camcorder? I now have a camcorder, I now have a YouTube account, and uh, who knows where we're going with this, but, uh, you know, incremental steps. What would you say, just, I mean, just curious, what would you say your computing ability is? Novice, intermediate, advanced, uh, you know, what, what, how would you grade yourself? I guess novice. So, even as a novice, you have the ability to, uh, to, you know, Put your own videos on the internet. It is that easy today. I mean, ten years ago, it wouldn't have been this easy. There was no such oh, thing no. as a, as a YouTube. Uh, you would have had to have, you know, gone in and encoded and then re-encoded and then uploaded it to a server, and that would have been a technological nightmare for someone in the in the novice user category. But I think it's interesting to you know to point this out. Technology has come along and advanced in such a wonderful fashion that the average computer user, below average computer user, uh, can can get on there and. Create content just like anybody else can. I think that's great. It is, and uh, I'm at P H O N H John on YouTube, and I'm not saying what that all stands for until I set up a website. And I don't know anything about that. P H O N H John. That's supposed to spell John. Oh, P H O N H John. Is that? Yes. I'm confused, John. Is it a Five lo- letters and then John. Oh, okay. Got and it. What's the PHO for? When I, when I for? end up setting up a website, then, then it will be clear what that means. But I don't know anything about you know grabbing a .com or a .net or any of that sort of stuff yet. Got it. But it will be my next step. Neat. So what, are, other, what are you planning on covering with your upcoming YouTube videos? Um, maybe a little bit of freedom music, some artwork, um, some activism... Um, it's great. Pretty nature stuff to just yeah. show off New Hampshire. I have another one up. I I have two up. One's just showing off a non-profit playground area that's mm-hmm. here in Salem, New Hampshire, and where I came from. Uh, that was unheard of. I mean, the government just ran all the parks. You wouldn't have a 501c3 that had a playground with a with a uh, volleyball court. So hold on a second. Theater. So there's a non-profit that actually is running an entire park. Yeah, and in fact, wow. what, what they have now is a volleyball court, an amphitheater where they have a uh, an amphitheater concert series. Uh, where uh, is this? In Salem. Wow, it's incredible, and, and they have like the monkey bars and whatever you call all that stuff the kids can play on. How's and so now? We, what are the bathrooms like? That's what I want to know because they don't have that there. Okay, they the are bathrooms at city parks are always so gross. Yeah, they are. They're the worst. 
That's why they're going to add a skate park over here, and they've done fundraising on that, and they're probably about uh, less than a thousand dollars short of the goal. But that last number I saw was in April. What? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Are you telling me, John, that people on a voluntary basis (laughs) will actually (laughs) pay for a park? Absolutely. I I I ended up in the paper uh, a couple years ago just because they had a day to go over there and you know rake up in the spring and clean up and. Hey, everybody comes out. If you feel like doing it, you have the day off. Come on over. Wait now. a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. Let me see if I've got this straight. Yes, volunteer. You're telling me. Let me see if you. Let me see if I get this here. You're telling me that we don't need to force every single individual in a community to pay for a park that they won't necessarily use. You're saying that there are enough people that actually want to go to parks that they can fund it on their own. Yeah, and then they might. What be a shocker! Taking care of it and policing it on their own and all that sort of thing. Huh. Who would have thought of such Isn't a thing? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we don't need government for parks either. Hey, before I forget, I want to tell you something before I get off the phone. Hmm. You mentioned your house for sale in Florida. Yeah, it's still for sale. House.freetalklive.com. There's something, there's something that people uh, might want to have in mind, that this is a potential future historic property <laughs> for after the revolution when freedom has been won. Yeah, it's possible, I Go suppose. back where Free Talk Live actually started. Just thought of it when I've heard you mention it in the past. It's a... Yeah, that's $159,000, so hey, I think the price is right. Somebody will buy it eventually. I know it eventually. As long as I as long as long I keep it on the market, I think what the issue is right now, it's just Christmas time and people aren't really out looking at houses at well, the moment. Well, in the future, down, down in Boston, you've got the Paul Revere house. He's the guy that went out on the horse and, and, and uh, you know, sounded the alarm that the, that the tyranny was coming. And, you know, in the future, uh, you know, Ian's house down in Florida will be like, the Paul Rivera house. Hmm. Possibly. It's an idea. Like certainly it. another reason for someone to buy it. Thanks for the call, John, and thank you for uh, for sharing the story. Especially, and good luck with your videos. Uh, again, thank you. 800-259-9231. But especially the story about the uh, the privately run park. That, oh my gosh, it almost, it sounded like it was open to everyone. I didn't ask him that specific question, but can you believe that? They don't need to even charge admission. I'm a little surprised, actually, but... Uh... I'm not. Parks are wonderful. Who doesn't like parks? I'm sure there are some people that don't, but I like them. I wouldn't mind paying a little bit of money for a park if I were given the voluntary opportunity to support one. Because then I could pick the favorite, my favorite park, right? Because I don't think that many people go to a bunch of different parks. I think that they find a park that they like, that it's, you know, it's pretty, or they've got the right sport that they're looking to play, or whatever the reason is that they like the park. Maybe there's fishing. And then they go to that park over and over again. Hey, they can contribute some money to this voluntary charity, maybe get a little brick put in uh, in their name, that sort of thing. There's all kinds of different ways that one might be able to fund a park on a voluntary basis. And I think it's great that it's already being done. That, you know, that little brick with the name on it thing certainly done all over. Yep. I, you know, talking about your house uh, being the Paul Revere, the future Paul Revere house, <laughs> I'm wondering... You know, I don't think that there's a William Dawes house. Who's that? That's the other guy that rode. Oh, poor I, old William. Well, I'm I'm wondering, am I going to be William Dawes? <laughs> I mean, who who the hell is William Dawes anyway? Well, we did the show from my house, so so you get the credit. Is yeah. that is that the idea? Yeah. Look, my house is for sale in Sarasota <laughs> too. <laughs> and you don't have an easy URL though, Mark. Like house.freetalklive.com. <laughs> so you can go there and buy my house. I'd really appreciate it if you did. I uh, would be absolutely amazed if somebody bought your house from house.freetalklive.com. Doesn't cost me anything to, you know, advertise it that way, so I might as well. I would be amazed as well, but hey, stranger things have happened. 800-259-9231. So, uh, again, whether it's private parks or privately run roads, the fact is 
the marketplace does things better. Remember the story, uh, Mark, and I don't know if you were here for this one, Julia, but there was a story a little while back about parks in New York City. I now, remember it. There are plenty of New York City-run parks, and they're just not so great. Not compared to the uh, private parks in New York City. Oh, I only know about one, and it's the one that Google sponsored. And Google sponsored a park because, again, that's, that's another way that these private parks can make some money is sell some sponsorships. Uh, Google sponsored a park, and they put in wireless Internet at this park. Why? It's a park. Who the hell's going to the park to get online? Well, now you can because someone decided they wanted to do that. And that's what the marketplace brought that park. I bet you a lot of people are going to that park to uh, get online, actually. Well, right. I mean, if you've got to bring the kids and you're a busy person, and and certainly the the pace of life is probably a little bit busier in New York City. Uh, You're busy. You've got kids. You want to take them to the park, but you've got to check your email at the same time. There you go. Which one are you going to choose? The crap can government park or the Google-sponsored privately run park? Seems like an easy choice to me. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. A little bit more about roads from the Wall Street Journal, of all places. And uh, we'll take your calls about anything. On the way here tonight, Julia has a story about a rave and some cops that apparently were doing some nasty things. I think. We'll find out here in moments. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go features there for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can amp up. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You get perks. You get access to the amp-only call-in line, chat room, and forum. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. But just to clue you in, the purpose of the program is to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So do go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more, and get signed up. So we started the show talking about the roads. And when you discuss liberty and getting the government out of our lives, inevitably somebody who's new to the uh, the liberty movement is going to say, well, about the roads it comes up from time to time on the show as a result so uh as new interesting information comes out we like to bring it to you and we started with an interesting vision from 1958 an old disney film about what roads would be like in in the future in their opinion and i think a lot of their vision was possible but it just never became a reality because government's been in charge of the roads so it was kind of a, it was almost sad in a way to sort of listen to that. A little exciting in that th- these things could still happen if we were to get the government out of roads and turn it over to private owners or charities or whoever it is, you know, neighborhoods, neighborhood associations, businesses. Different people would probably end up owning different segments of road. Turn it over to them and let them innovate and let them compete. We could have some really neat things happen. In fact, the Wall Street Journal has a few thoughts. More than 39,000 people were killed and 1.8 million injured in traffic accidents last year. The economic cost of these crashes was approximately $140 billion. A substantial number of the crashes involved drivers and vehicles that shouldn't have been on the road. Many solutions to the carnage have been offered over many years. One obvious solution has been avoided. Assign responsibility for vehicle safety inspections and licensing drivers to the one institution with the most to gain from keeping bad drivers and unsafe cars off the road, the insurance industry. If we truly that makes some sense. Insurance companies, it seems to me, should be uh, would be the ones that would be best qualified 
to decide who's um, should be on the road and shouldn't. Yep. Uh, if we truly believe that only capable, responsible drivers and safe cars should be on the road, then it's time to try a new approach. Employees at the state, any state motor vehicle division, good people all, will give virtually anyone with two forms of identification a driver's license, uh, a driver's license, so long as they are not seriously vision impaired and are able to pass a multiple choice exam and a minimum proficiency driving test. Their responsibility ends there. They have no stake in what happens after those drivers hit the road. When I took my driver's test when I was 16, I had to drive around the parking lot of the DMV once and park. I yep. did not leave second gear. That's about what it was for me. No, and there wasn't even a parallel parking or anything No, I didn't have to parallel park. Auto insurers, on the other hand, unlike the government, they care only about what happens when those drivers get behind the wheel. Talk about a shift in incentive. If auto insurers had the job of licensing drivers and registering vehicles, a role incidentally that insurers have in the maritime industry, they would be forced to adopt what I refer to as the Disneyland model. In Disneyland, customers, get this, customers are covered by the company's liability insurance. Consequently, to reduce risk, the management restricts who may use which facilities and under what circumstances. For instance, in order to ride the California Screamin' roller coaster, you must be at least four feet tall and should not be pregnant, have high blood pressure, or suffer from heart, back, or neck problems. Since the business is held strictly liable for any injuries suffered by those entering the park, management makes every effort to enforce the park safety rules. Private licensing and registration would work the same way, because they would be insuring, uh, insuring the drivers and cars they license. Insurance companies would be vigorous in their testing and car safety requirements, letting only qualified individuals venture out onto the roadways. They would be more likely to ferret out those unqualified to drive, from those whose driving abilities have become compromised with age or habitual substance abuse, to those who have been ticketed on more than one occasion for reckless or aggressive driving. Such high-risk individuals are now cut uh, far too much slack in most states. Insurers also would be more likely to develop methods to allow such drivers back on the road when specific criteria are met. Right. They have an incentive to profit from those people spending money. They want you to be their customer. Right. Uh, for instance, insurers might relicense and insure reform DWI abusers if they use only vehicles equipped with devices that disable the ignition when alcohol is detected in the driving cabin, as opposed to government's solution, which seems like eventually is going to put it in everybody's car. You know, mandate the little uh, breathalyzer uh, in every single car so you have to blow on something in order to start your vehicle. We're coming down that road. The Disneyland model would also reduce the number of uninsured and underinsured driving on the roads by reducing the ambiguity concerning who will be responsible for damages. Today, an estimated 14% of all motorists operate uninsured vehicles. That's more than one out of ten. Uh, an even larger number of vehicles are grossly underinsured. Most of the 44 states requiring auto liability insurance, and uh, by the way, it's... Uh, Let's see, several states. Let's see, Alabama, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Tennessee, Virginia, and Wisconsin, by the way, are the ones that don't require it, and yet life still goes on there. Uh, they, allowed a, they allow an absurdly low minimum coverage. In Arizona, where the author lives, the minimum is fifteen, thirty, uh, 30 and $10,000. This means an insurer will cover bodily injury damages only up to 15000 Jeez, that's th- nothing. For a single victim, 30000 for multiple victims, and 10000 for vehicle property damage. Considering that 85% of crashes involve multiple vehicles and that a single fatality costs an estimated $1 million or more, this is woefully inadequate. Under the current system, private insurance companies have little incentive to stop people from buying inadequate levels of insurance. Since damages caused by underinsured drivers are capped, and damages caused by uninsured, uh, underinsured drivers are capped, and damages caused by uninsured drivers are borne by either the uninsured driver or the victim. 
Under a private licensing, registration, and insurance system, insurers would make sure that all vehicles have adequate insurance coverage. Highway crashes remain the leading cause of death for the age group 4 through 34, ranging, uh, ranking above everything else from cancer to HIV to poisoning, drowning, and suicide. We can and should do better. Right now, we rely on government employees and contractors' devotion to duty as the main motivation for licensing only qualified drivers, registering only safe and properly functioning cars, and enforcing mandatory auto insurance laws. They are no doubt devoted to their duty, but the result, and I don't know if they are, that's his opinion. Well, they're, they're devoted they're to lazy the, bureaucrats. Yeah, well, in a lot of cases, they want to do the right thing, but they're not incentivized in the right ways. They are no doubt devoted, uh, but the result is a system in which the primary incentive is to follow procedure and rules, not reduce unnecessary risk. The market's pursuit of profit would introduce a different and better set of incentives. Why not give it a try? Well, the reason why not is because the state is firmly entrenched in the world of registering vehicles and uh, licensing drivers. That's a, it's a money, uh, you know, it's just a money, money generator fest. for them. Yeah, absolutely. They're not, um, you know, they they don't want to lose that source of revenue, even if they're bad at it. At this point, they can uh, they they cut out the competition. So they know that every single year, a new batch of kids is going to turn sixteen, and they're going to come in and they're going to have to, you know, pay the mandatory fees and go through the bureaucracy and jump through the hoops, and uh, they, they know that they, there's cash waiting for them every single year, let alone all the other issues that, uh, they, that they can cash in on. When I, for, when I got my driver's license at 16, they forgot to note on it that I need corrective lenses to drive. Mm-hmm. So if I were to get pulled over and I didn't have glasses on, it wouldn't really be an issue. They wouldn't know. Yeah, they would have no idea, just because they forgot to put it on. Not to say businesses couldn't forget something, but certainly, the again, they would be a little bit more concerned with double-checking and making sure. Yeah, it's pretty important. You know, um, and, 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 and as far as the incentives go, let's think about uh, not just um, them licensing young people that get, are getting their licenses, but in fact, how about the people that are licensed uh, from after they've gotten DUIs and that kind of thing? In order to get their licenses back, they have to spend all kinds of money with the government. Yeah. Whereas an insurance comp- if insurance companies were licensing people, they would be incentivized just to get the insurance money from them. There likely wouldn't be nearly the costs. Yeah, you're probably right about that. If, if someone were trying to get back on their feet, uh, trying to prove that they are, are clean, you know, they might only just have to show them some information from their 12-step program. And there probably would be a path that they could go on that would get them to the right place. But you're right, Mark. They would have a financial incentive to help those people um, make their lives better and, and get back on board uh, with their with their business, buying their insurance. Uh, so as opposed to jacking them for as much cash as they could possibly do, which the, the state – there's no limit to how much the state can charge you for these things. They, it's all arbitrary. Whether it's $200 to get your license back or $2,000. Right, it's just some number that somebody made up. Whereas if it were in the marketplace, there would be competing insurers that all wanted your business. And so whatever that amount would be in the marketplace would be lower as a result of the differing insurance companies trying to one-up on each other and get the person, hey, we want to help you get clean again and get back on the roads, and you know, here's what we'll offer you for it. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll offer you this amount over here, you know, this, this deal. And so, again, the insurance companies would be in competition for that new customer, and it totally changes the incentives. 
But why won't this happen? Well, the government's not going to give it up anytime soon. They want the money, and they don't give a flip if you die on the roadways. Again, it doesn't affect their bottom line when you go careening off a cliff or into another vehicle or some terrible, dramatic thing happens on the roads. Government doesn't care. They just send their people along, clean up the mess, sweep off the road a little bit. Uh, Lost another one. Now, whatever. Whereas the insurance company situation would be totally different. 800-259-9231. Hour two's on the way. You can take control. We'll go to the world of the rave next. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, there are all kinds of ways you can do that, including buying my house. As I mentioned before, go to house.freetalklive.com to learn more. Uh, let's go into the world of the rave, something we haven't covered on this show for uh, for a while, I, I, just because I haven't seen any rave-related news. I it's kind of out. Police aren't really... You think it's out now? Not, yeah, it's not as bad as it was. Is People it, have kind of forgotten about them. I'm sure there's new it, things that they're... Is it out because it's not happening as much anymore, or it's just that, you know, it's just not both. hip, well, or what? both. It's not... Now, pretty much, they're allowed to happen, but they have to follow... The city has basically... Most cities have figured out that they can make a lot of money mm-hmm. off these things, so now promoters have to have them at clubs, and they have to hire a certain amount of police, and they have to pay the city a certain amount of money, okay. and so, and then they're okay, they're allowed, and the cops usually sit out front and pick up chicks. So now that it's gone, now that the uh, the, the government ha- is making money off of it, they don't have the issue anymore? Yeah. Now it's okay for the kids to dance and and have a good time as long as they've paid the state? I guess because there's no it's not like there's less drugs or anything like that. (laughs) And I mean, once you're in, it doesn't matter. I guess as long as you're not just walking around giving away drugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are on drugs all night long coming in contact with police officers. And it's not like they actually do anything. The police? Yeah, it's totally allowed as long as they've paid the city. Didn't you say you were at one of them where uh, when you went outside, the cop was just sitting out there hitting on the rave girls? Oh, they do it all the time. They sit out on their cars and sort of act macho and the drunk or on drugs girls come out and they hit on the cops and now that's are the pretty cops much being what they paid do. by the venue to be there or are taxpayers paying for the cop to sit out front hitting on the uh, the little teenage girls? The venue. Yeah, the, the venue? venue has to co- pay them overtime, I think. It's a lot of money. But the, but the venue is required to have the cops there. Right. They can't hire their own right. security. And the city decides how much is legit. So I say, I'm going to throw this rave at this venue. And the city says, okay, we think you need this many officers. Right. And you don't have a choice. So you have to pay for however many officers they decide are necessary. So it's, again, a completely arbitrary number that they just right. make up. Got it. Well, I thought this story was interesting, not because of, of what it is, which, I mean, I've I've experienced this personally a number of times, and I've read s- certainly a ton of stories like this, but this is just written from a different perspective, which is why I found it interesting. Okay, where's it from? Uh, it's actually from the UK, hmm. um, but they have a similar rave scene sure. over there. I mean, it's pretty much pretty much the same 
situation they have going on over there. This article is called Police Blamed for Overdoses at Rave. Really? Drug counselors have blamed police for causing overdoses at a weekend rave held at a castle in a medieval theme park. Users swallowed their drug stashes rather than risk arrest by police patrolling the event. Oh, jeez. In the regional Victorian town with Sniffer Dogs, Drug Education Group said. There's a some sort of UK drug education group is who they're interviewing in here. Um, well, I've experienced this myself a number of times where basically just totally out of the blue, you don't expect it. Lights turn on, cops walk through with drug dogs, and everybody panics mm. because people do have drugs on them. Even if No it's one just, wants to go to jail. Yeah. That's pretty much what it boils down so to. So they figured they would take the risk, instead of going and spending a night in jail, pop the drugs that they had in their pocket into their mouths, and, you know, just hope to come out okay. Right. Police Chief Damon Brogan criticized this, uh, I'm sorry, not Police Chief, the uh, drug education group. It's called v- VIVADS. I'm not sure what that stands for, um, but criticized the 70-strong police presence at the Ultra World Festival as overzealous and demanded that they stop hassling people. Absolutely. Yeah. Overzealous. Is it really necessary to have 70 police officers at a concert? Because that's really what it is. They bring that many cops? That, that's how many they brought to this one. Really? That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Unnecessary. Confronted, well, they have to show their force. Right. To show their solidarity. I actually... Serious. One time, I was probably about 15, was hogtied. Um, while they did this. What does that mean, hogtied? It's where they tie your hands and legs up. Behind your back, Yes. Right? Yeah, that's is that humane treatment, Mark? I mean, would and you, would you I didn't that? have drugs on me. What they did was they stopped everyone, they hogtied us all, and then they went around with drug dogs. It, it what was, was the purpose of that? I mean... So that we couldn't move or hide drugs or... I mean, I don't legal? know. It sounds Ill- illegal to I was 15 years someone. old. It sounds like kidnapping. Yeah, I was. Kind of, it was probably one of the, the most traumatizing experiences of my life. It sounds awful. Yeah, it was awful. So okay, so we're in agreement, and that's not a humane thing to do. No. <laughs> I mean, the cops love the adrenaline rush of going after kids. So what would they care if they, you know, one kid tried to run away? Then they'd have an excuse uh, to go run after him, and you know. I, I think that the they do it to be scary, to, you know, to maybe to... Just to dominate you, basically? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's just a, I can do this to you and there's nothing you can do about it. It's probably funny to them. Yeah, right. We've seen certainly uh, plenty examples of cops caught on video after something has occurred, whether it be a protest in the street or whatever. Remember the uh, the story from Miami where the businesswoman happened to be in Miami during a protest? She just happened to be down there for business, but she decided to join in, and the cops shot her in the forehead with a, a rubber bullet. Yeah, a lawyer. She was lawyer. a lawyer. Yeah. She wasn't uh... dressed like a lawyer, too, in the, in the parade. Or not the parade, but the protest. And then later on, the cops were seen on video just laughing it up. Ha, oh, did you see that, lady? Ha, <laughs> ha, you got her good, boy. <laughs> That's really funny, guys. Yeah. Really funny. Well, I mean, in my case, I was 15. I definitely was not supposed to be there. So am I going to go home and tell my mom? No, I'm not going to say anything about it. In fact, I'm pretty sure my mom still doesn't know about it. So mm. I mean, they really can get away with anything. I mean, they can do whatever they want. Now, did people die in this case, the overdoses, or was it just people they OD'd? Um, I think in the hospital. I, I haven't read that far okay. yet. Um, but Confronted with police presence, some individuals are tempted to unwisely consume all their drugs in one go rather, uh. than, rather than throw them away or risk arrest. Wow. Which, to me, that, that sends a real message. 
you people are more scared to get arrested than to to overdose on drugs. Right, and they don't want their and because it's a black market thing, they're expensive. The the drugs are expensive, so they feel bad about throwing them away, so right. instead they eat them. It probably would make more sense to just dispose of them, but you know, they feel as though they've got money invested, kind of like the parents that send their kids to government school because they've already paid for it. Right. Uh, they felt like, "Oh, I've already paid for these drugs, well, I better eat them." I mean, if you've got four pills on you that are Where are you going to put them? Exactly. The, the cops going to search the car in a minute. That's likely true. have a dog. Yeah. And you could drop them on the ground, but then you're throwing 100 bucks away. Well, uh, taking them isn't, uh, you're not going to get your money's worth out of taking them because it's going to no. be a horrible experience. Yeah, I would not recommend Odds that. Odds are good of that, yes. So this drug organization gets about $800,000 in uh, government funding every year. And they're actually, I found this unusual because the chief of this organization is speaking out against the police and they get $800,000 a year from the government. Well, government money goes all over the place, so that's not too much of a shock. The police inspector says it's absolute nonsense. If these people are that stupid to think that taking drugs has better consequences than getting caught, that is really ridiculous. <laughs> well, this jerk well, has probably never spent the night in a jail cell. Not from the the, the wrong side of the bars. Yeah. Um, you know, that statement right there, the fact is, if you get over the... I mean, if you don't overdose or you do overdose and you end up coming back to reality, you don't end up killing yourself. Obviously, if you died, then that's bad. But if you just have a really bad trip or you overdose or whatever, at least it's done and it's over with. Whereas if you go to jail and you get arrested and you get a you know conviction... Probation. Right. You are in the... Sticks with you for the rest test. of your life. Exactly. And that's going to make it harder for you to get a job in the future. It might even make it uh, difficult in this country at least to get... Uh, to leave. College funding, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, at this point in to time... To leave the country. Yeah, you exactly. You can't go to Canada, they say, with drug convictions. Now, I was let in Canada this summer without even checking an ID, so mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. But, I mean, I have a mar- possession of marijuana conviction on my record. Right. That could come back to haunt me one day. It could. I, wh- what can I say? So I, uh, I, I sympathize with these kids. I don't know if I empathize with them because I don't know if I would do the same thing were I in their situation. Well, I guess it would depend. I mean, if the cops... How old? I mean, if you're a teenager and you're scared and you don't know what to do, yeah. you do stupid things. That's sad. 800-259-9231. Don't know if there's more to the story, but I think we've gotten the gist of it. We can also hear from you as well. If you've had any experiences, like Julia said, she was hogtied. When she was just out trying to have a good time at a party, uh, the cops came in and just ruined everything. Why do they have to do this? They're such jerks. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airways via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And, by the way, those features include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots of stuff to talk about there. All free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The New Hampshire primary is the first true open primary in the nation. National media are swarming to cover it. The 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum will finish just two days before the polls open. Dr. Ron Paul will be the closing speaker. The majority of New Hampshire residents are undeclared and undecided. The most important presidential election in living memory hangs in the balance. Where will you be? 
Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use code 2008FTL to save 10%. That's 2008FTL. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. All right, so we go into the phone calls here, and then since we're sort of in the the mode of stories about where people are trying to have fun and the government comes in and just ruins it. We started by talking about the rave scene a bit, uh, how kids, when the cops come in to to break up a, a party, the kids will shove all their drugs down their throat. So whereas they might have not intended to take all the drugs in one evening, uh, they have them on them. They don't want to go to jail, so they just dose all at once. And as a result, they overdose and have an awful time. But, of course, what is, what, is it a less awful time to overdose than to end up spending a uh, night in jail, maybe more than a night, um, possibly having a, a rap sheet, a record for the rest of your life? Good question. Certainly they chose to uh, to take the dose. 800-259-9231. I, I got to say, cops are scary. And when you're in a situation, especially if you're on drugs, and all of a sudden cops come busting in and they're yelling and there's dogs and they're trying to be scary and are succeeding at it, and you're young and you don't know what to do, yeah. it's just sort of like you can't think. You just have to do something fast. And right. your first thought is drugs, illegal, arrested, bad. So you just swallow them without thinking mm. about it. It's just scary the fact is the the police raids on these uh these parties raves whatever you want to call them the police raids have not dissuaded young people from taking drugs not at all otherwise none of those kids would have had drugs and they'd all just been dancing the night away uh but it's clear that this this prohibition mentality of cracking down and cracking down ever harder has not done anything to keep kids safe and they don't do it at concerts which always made me really angry like a rock show or something plenty plenty of drugs at concerts sure sure and what's the difference between uh, these these djs doing their little thing and the exactly. concerts when i was when i used to go to raves all the time i went to see specific djs so i went like it was a concert there was no difference whatsoever but well, concerts have been around longer i i guess maybe that's and they don't go all night maybe that's part of it well, could be anyway anyway it's like Doesn't you said make any sense. they just don't like it when people have fun yeah so, we'll talk, I'll come back to that, but first we go to Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, listening on KGEZ. Hey there. Hey, the bad part is... is uh, let me, Jeremy? Uh, the bad part is is that the, uh, America is just so asleep, man. When an NSA plane crashes and gets caught with $200 million, you'd think the Americans... Or the cocaine, you'd think Americans would be... You know, really upset about, it. and then they lock people up with these private prisons. So they just got the whole corporate monopoly on, you know, uh, importing drugs and locking people up, making us taxpayers pay for it at the same time. But I was also hogtied down in Oklahoma over really? an incident. You know, and they used like those zip ties. Yep. Mm-hmm. What What were you hogtied about? For rather, um, I was traveling. From where I live in Montana now to my mom's house by hitchhiking, and I just happened to be next to a creek and uh, camping out. I mean, oh, that's right. You told us about that story. They hogtied you during that one, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, come get a what appears to be a homeless tie-dye-wearing hippie and zip tie him up and send Four big 300-pound guys to come out there. You know what just... they really know, Jeremy? They know that, you know, judging by your appearance at least, 
they feel that it's safe to treat you in, in a, you know, as an animal, basically, because they don't think that, oh, who's this guy? He's camping out by the river. He's never going to be able to afford a lawyer to come after us for mistreating him. So, uh, you know, we'll just treat him however we want to. We'll treat him like an animal, force him to lay down on the ground, tie his hands and his feet behind him so he can't move, uh, and just, you know, just act like scum. up six months scum. over that, Ian. They kept me in the... You were you were forced to stay in jail for six months because you were camping out. Yeah, well, they said when I was unhappy and pissed off and trying to fight back out of the hogtie, they call it a felony resisting arrest. And yeah, I ended well, up, that'll do it. Well, and that's and, what happens when you try to fight back to the cops. You know what you yeah. might want to consider doing is uh, if this happens again in the future, is the you know sort of take the Lauren Canario approach and don't res- don't resist them, but at the same time don't assist an them. Animal, what? I mean, are you supposed to just let them break your back and, you know, but why well, No, break you my aren't back. supposed to let them break your back, but at the same time, if you if you you know that if you resist the cops, they just get angrier and they're more likely to hurt you at that point. All I'm suggesting is that instead of uh resisting, that you just simply not help them. You know, you make them carry you around as opposed to actually actively uh using force back against them because that just ticks them off even more. Jeremy, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I think it's I can more... understand the indignation. I can understand the, the the desire to fight back, but you know, they're that's what they want. They want you to fight so that they can mush you some more. Exactly. Uh, so I think if more people were to take the resist, not the, again, not the resistance approach, but the non-violent, uh, the, the approach that Lauren Canario, Russell Canning, other civil disobedience activists have taken and just simply refuse to participate when they want you to move around, you don't. You just make them move you. Now, again, depending on who you're dealing with, they might just, you know, decide to beat you up for that. I don't know. Russell Canning doesn't do that. He, he goes with them when they... That's true. You're right. It's only Lauren Canario. Right. Well, anyway, something I think to because she's a female, they're less likely to start beating. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like if you're with a male, they're not going to... They're going to be more likely to just start hurting him. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. So maybe... Um, Maybe what you should do is just not cooperate in that you don't sign their paperwork or that you won't uh, give them your fingers for uh, fingerprinting, that sort of thing. But again, depending on how rogue the cop is that you're dealing with and how uppity he is, you might you might encounter more violence from that. But one thing is for sure, and I say you might, one thing is for sure, if you resist the police when they're trying to do things to you, then you will definitely, uh, definitely feel their, uh, their brunt a little bit more harshly. I mean, do you disagree with that? Anybody? No. No, I I, so if you resist the cops, they're going to crack down even harder. Oh, that we know true. is 100%. So that won't get you anywhere. Just get you a beating. 800-259-9231. We go to Texas, Mark, where the legislature has decided to tax one specific type of business. Why and what's going on? Well, uh, why, I'll leave it up to you. Texas slaps a tax on strip clubs. They're calling it the poll tax. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. Texas, where strip clubs have uh, given rise to Anna Nicole Smith and many other less generously endowed performers, is about to make it more expensive to watch a little bump and grind. And we'll find out how much more expensive here in moments and hear from you as well. 800-259-9231, whether you want to tell us the story of a rave uh, that was raided by the cops that you might have happened to be attending or any other uh, incidents with uh, run-ins with law enforcement, uh, possibly if you've ever engaged in non-cooperation with the police and how successful that was. If you want to share that story as well, whatever you want to talk about goes. This is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there for free. Uh, so uh, enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com to get on the list, or not get on the list, rather, but to check it out. Uh, Liberty Dollar. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org, sign up for their updates, and register for the lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to libertydollar.org. As we continue with the phone calls, or actually, no, we just got it start, uh, started in this Texas thing, didn't we? Let me take a call. We'll go back into that. Let's okay. go to Mike. Uh, he's been waiting patiently in Orlando. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your some, mind? Uh, well, a bit of sadness and frustration. Uh, the, uh, the sad part is I, um, I have an uncle who's been a father to me, and uh, I found out last night that he has terminal lung cancer. Oh. And the frustration is just, uh, you know, in part that we don't have a free market health care system. If we did, perhaps we would have found a cure for things like this uh, by now. And, and on the other hand, we have these, these laws that, um, you know, he, if he decides to try to undergo treatment, it's likely going to be chemotherapy, which mm-hmm. makes you feel bad and, you know, affects your appetite. We all know that the best treatment for that is is medicinal marijuana and of course you know they'll throw them in jail well, i don't know if that's the case is that. that true lung cancer uh no he's marijuana? saying um for the chemotherapy the side effects of the chemotherapy are marijuana oh. have an appetite and when you can't eat you don't uh you, you can't eat okay. you don't have sustenance for your body that makes so my, sense my, my question for you guys and, and for the, the listening audience is um you know, he has stage four non-small cell lung cancer, and is there anybody else that can maybe offer me hope, maybe has a loved one that has survived this and underwent a particular treatment, maybe something experimental? And if, if you guys would let me, I'd, I'd like to give an email or, or address or something. Where, where you can do can that. Yeah, go ahead, and give an e- go ahead and give an email address, but then while, um, when you get a chance, go to the BBS at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Post there as well. That's always a good idea. I will do both. Um, my email address is mikesoul at gmail.com. It's M-I-K-E-S-O-U-L-E at gmail.com, mikesoul at gmail.com. And if, just if anybody has a loved one or a friend that has survived this and underwent some kind of particular treatment, you know, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, mm. looking for suggestions, looking for options. Um, you know, the, one of the, the also the, the things that government does to the healthcare business is it prevents the natural solutions from really advertising what they can do. Um, I don't know if they're all that great. I don't know what there are that's out there because I, like you, have never researched this particular instance. Uh, but Mark, I mean, you've known a, a handful of these, you know, naturopaths or whatever they call themselves, these naturalistic experts, and they really do claim to have some solutions for a lot of problems, don't they? Well, I, you know, if I had cancer, I'd probably be looking the medical uh, medical route. I know some guys claim that they have cures for cancer and that kind of thing, but 
You know, some people they go stuff. they go through the chemo and they just hate it, and they they don't they want they're willing after they go through the chemo to try anything but the chemo. Right. So I mean, certainly there there have to be some alternative options out there. Again, how effective they are, we don't know because the companies that offer these options they aren't allowed to make health claims about the benefits of taking their product by the FDA. They're prevented from doing so. Uh, where you I, know. Go ahead. I think it's particularly if they have a um, – if there's a natural solution, um, if it's natural, if it occurs in nature, then it cannot be patented. And the problem is that in order to test it, it I've heard that it costs about $8 billion to bring any kind of a treatment to market through the FDA, uh, FDA's regulations. Yeah. Well, you can't invest $8 billion into something that, that you're not able to patent. So even if right. you find a, a cure-all – it's very difficult to get that information out there because you're restricted from telling people that it that it would that it would save them. But at the same time, uh, you won't see a return on your investment if you put the capital in to get it you know to get it tested right. and, and bring it to market. It's 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 a ridiculous system. Yeah, it absolutely is. The FDA really does kill more people than it saves. They claim that their the the purpose of their existence is to help save lives. But in fact, while um, and you mentioned the eight eight billion dollars, and I don't know what the actual price tag is. I know it's up there in the the billion range for sure. Uh, but it's a lot of money. It costs a lot to to push a drug through the FC uh, the FDA's bureaucracy. But it also takes a lot of time. It also takes ten years. Um, and so ten years go by. You're testing some new cancer medication. How many thousands of people perish as a result of uh, not being able to access these experimental medications? When if we were in the marketplace situation then they could, you know, sign a waiver and say, hey, look, I understand this isn't, uh, this hasn't been well tested yet, but I'm willing to be a guinea pig, and so, you know, let me do it. Let me make my own decisions for my life. But no, mommy government steps in and says, no, we have to wait another seven years before you can try this medication. Oh, what's that? You're going to die next year? Well, sorry. We yeah, have to keep people it, safe. And, and uh, you know, I've, of course, you know, people like, like us, we've, you know, liberty-minded people, we've, We've understood this for a long time, but it uh, it really hits home when when you know you find out that your loved one uh, has a, has a, a basically a death sentence because of it. But I wow. appreciate you guys taking the call and offering me some hope. And again, yeah. if anybody has any information, my email address is mikesoul at gmail dot com. Mike, I, good I luck with you. good luck with that, and let us know if you ever find out something as a you know an alternative option that he chooses, and and let us know how it works out. Just out of curiosity, see what you end up deciding. Or he ends up. I sure will. Thanks for the call, dude. Good luck. 800-259-9231. There are so many different aspects to the healthcare industry and so many different ways that the government regulates it. And those regulations cost the businesses more and more money to comply with the regulations, which they have to pass on to the consumers. So even if you even if you end up finding that there is a treatment on the marketplace, and certainly are effective treatments on the marketplace for some things, even if you find out there is an effective treatment that has gone through and uh, you know they've gone through and jumped through the FDA's hoops and everything, then you have to pay more for it than you would otherwise because of those multi-billion dollar price tags on the regulations, because of all the uh, the mandates that the government has put on these companies, the, the hoops that they have to jump through, they've got to pass those costs on to the consumer, and that means that sick people are paying more than they have to. Well, and, you know, people want safe medications, but if... Uh, medica- big Pharma is putting out uh, medications that hurt people. Don't you think they'll get sued? I think that the court system can handle this where we don't need F- um, FDA regulation. Sure. It sure can. I yeah. mean, if, if a uh, product never hurts anybody and they never get sued, then we don't have the, uh, all that costs and, and you know, the regulation, you know, the millions and millions of dollars yeah. it costs to uh, 
to, to put each drug through. And if it does hurt people, then they'll get, uh, you know, won't stay on the market very long, won't stay on the market very long. But it will still it would if they under the FDA system, if they test something and it hurts people, it's still hurting people. It's just in the testing phase. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airway. So back to Texas, Mark. Uh, Texas, they're passing a new uh, piece of legislation or it has been passed, I guess, that is regulating strip clubs. What's happening? In what have some have dubbed the poll tax, the Lone Star State will require its 150 or so strip clubs to collect a $5 per customer levy, hmm. with most of the proceeds going to help rape victims. The tax. So it doesn't. What, well, here's what I want to know. They're trying to make this. They're trying to justify this by saying that it's going to help rape victims because who is honestly going to say I don't want to help rape yeah. victims, right? Yep. But why are they making the connection between rape victims and strip clubs? Is it just because sex? And yeah. you know, they say it's going to go help rape victims, but the money has to go through the government. And every right. time that money goes through the it's government, it's not directly going to rape victims. Nope. Right. The government takes at least fifty percent off the top. Because now, they got to pay overpay bureaucrats right. to do what they do for rape victims. I don't even know. When you're talking about not for profits that go to help a particular uh, subset of the culture, you a, the, a large amount of the money goes to help those people. But when the government's involved. It's often less than half. So the government's going oh, yeah. to take half of this. So really what uh, the truth of this is is that, um, that most of the money – it says here the tax goes into effect uh, – let's see. Most of the proceeds will go to help rape victims. Most of the proceeds will go to help middle-class bureaucrats that work for the Texas government. Um, the tax goes into effect on New Year's Day. Oh, boy. Yep. Club owners and some of their customers say the money is going to a noble cause, but they argue that the tax infringes on their First Amendment right to freedom of expression, and that it will drive some bars out of business, and that it unfairly links their industry to sex crimes. 1-800-259-9231. And you know they could do a whole lot better if they got together with the rape clinic or rape crisis center in their area and did an independent fundraiser. We'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sorry, I was waiting for Mike to put on his snazzy new <laughs> I was Mark. waiting for you to say, it's Ian here with you, and you didn't say it. You paused. <laughs> I was giving Mark a moment to put on his uh, really expensive headphones. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's the, Ian. The here. really offensive. <laughs> offensive? The, the really expensive uh, headphones that sound like crap. Well... We'll try. We do? We're going to try to do something. So who are you again? And Julia. All right. And Mark. All right. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You know we've got the Free Talk Live store. You know the products look tempting, and maybe you've already purchased some of them, in which case you know how good they are. Uh, you know, now's the time to buy something for a friend or family member or someone else that you know that likes Free Talk Live. It is the holiday season. Uh, head on over to, of course, you won't get it by Christmas. I can tell you that at this point. But head on over to store.freetalklive.com because, not just because it's that time of year, but also because from now until the end of the year, we are offering a little special. When you purchase a Free Talk Live t-shirt or the Free Marketeer t-shirt at the Free Talk Live store, as long as your purchase includes the, the one of those shirts, we'll send $10 to the Ron Paul campaign. So just an 
extra little offer to sweeten the pot to give you a little bit more incentive to go shopping at store.freetalklive.com. FYI, the ladies' tee, if you add that to your cart and you check out with at least one ladies' tee instead of the other two t-shirts, I mean, if you've got one of the other two t-shirts, we'll send ten bucks. But if it's only the ladies' tee, we can only afford to send five. I'll match everything, uh, the five dollars for the ladies' tee. I'm tired of hearing you make the the differentiation and use up airtime talking about it. Well, now, okay. Are you serious about that? How many ladies can we sell? I mean, well, well, it's let's going find to the Ron out. Paul campaign. It's coming out of Mark's pocket now. He's going to match the five bucks. So uh, T-shirt, whatever you order there, if, as long as it's uh, one of our tees, we will send uh, $10 to the Ron Paul campaign. So head over to store.freetalklive.com. As the government continues cracking down on anybody having fun in ways that they don't approve of, uh, Texas has passed a $5 fee for anybody that wants to go to a strip club. Now, I can tell you that I've never been to a strip club. I have. I've known some strippers, but uh, i never been. No, I don't ever really want to go. No. It, it wasn't that exciting. No. Uh, I don't imagine I would be excited by it either, but uh, some people do enjoy that, and they should absolutely have the ability to go there without having this $5 fee that they have to pay. It's, it's like a cover charge that goes 100% to the government. And that's what they're going to do now. The reason they're claiming they're doing it, besides the fact that they want money, is they're claiming they're going to send some money to the rape victims. Or it's going to benefit the rape victims somehow. They're probably not going to give them money, but don't we already no, have... No, no, it actually it says that uh, it, it does, in fact, claim that uh, it will go to most of the proceeds. Let's see. Most of the proceeds going to help rape Help vic- rape victims. That doesn't mean it's okay. going to give them money. It just means that... They're going to set up a rape hotline or something like that and pay some right. people. The government's going to say how that these people can be helped. Yeah, I, I'm really bothered by the fact that they've made the connection between rape and strip clubs. Yeah, I don't think that strip clubs encourage rape in the least. In I fact, think they I probably think they do the opposite. It. That's yeah. what I was going to say because people can go and relieve themselves. Mm-hmm. Some of all their tensions, <laughs> uh, and then maybe they'd be less likely to rape somebody yeah. in the Apparently future. Apparently you have a strange idea of what I goes think, on at strip clubs. Oh, I understand. I know what goes on at strip clubs and what doesn't go on at strip clubs, but I feel like legalizing prostitution would cut down on rape, so I feel like if we made strip clubs illegal, it, it might just add to it a little bit. I, I would agree that yeah. prostitu- um, legalizing prostitution would cut down on rape. So, uh, so now, is there any more to this story, Mark? Oh, yeah. It okay. says um, it, a couple of quotes here. <clears throat> From Don Rizzo's, uh, we'll be fine. We've already stopped advertising. They've stopped advertising because of this. That's and not good. We're raising our cover charges. But this is going to kill some of the smaller clubs. Uh, Don Rizzo, uh, who owns the club with her husband, The Lodge. It's a Hemingway-inspired place that has exotic animal heads in the wall <laughs> and is packed after Dallas Cowboy games at nearby Texas Stadium. Hmm. The strip clubs are suing uh, to block the tax, which Jeez. state officials estimate will raise more than $40 million a year based on liquor sales uh, figures. If accurate, the, estimated, the estimates suggest that at least 8 million people a year go to Texas strip clubs to get a lap dance or watch women pole dance in a G-string. <laughs> what, so, about, what about hiring a stripper to come to your home for a party, private party? It's rare. Well, I understand that, but if you if you do something like that, then does she have to collect five dollars from every single person? That's there? Why is she? What if it's a he? That's a possibility. Because if I was well. going to hire a stripper, it would be a he. Yeah, that's a lot would more you? common. Would I ever hire a stripper? Would I? Choose? You'd really hire a male stripper <laughs> yes, over a female? Because I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, okay. Male strippers are Funnier funny. To watch. <laughs> 
Very good. Supporter of the strip tax say that they are not um, they are not out to close clubs. That would just mean less money for the victims of sexual assault. This is an industry that largely employs women, and this gives them an opportunity to rate opportunity to raise funds for a crime that affects women. If they wanted an opportunity, they could go around and collect money. Or they could stop spending money on something else that they don't need it on, like animal control, because I can tell you, we don't need government animal control, and put that towards the rape victims. Why do they have to take more money? It's never enough. Because it's Exactly. Because never it's enough. never enough, they always have to take more, and it's easy for them to target the vice businesses, um, simply because... Very few people will come to their defense, and very few people will pretend like they ca- you know, will, will bother right. to care because they don't want to be seen associating themselves with uh, the vice victims. Like, I wonder how businesses. many married men go to strip clubs and don't tell their wives mm. that would never say a peep about this because they don't want to right. be associated with it at all. Why do you care about this, honey? Why do you care so much? Do you go to strip clubs? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, that would... The, the quote there is from Ellen Cohen, who is a House Democrat who sponsored the bill and approved the legislature in May. I've been t- um, told that the fees to uh, get these uh, to get into these places can be ten dollars or fifteen dollars. I don't think another five dollars could prevent someone yeah, from going. Twenty five percent, fifty percent increase in costs, whatever. Well, this is uh, the, for one. She's showing her uh, her lack of understanding of economics. Every dollar that they increase these cover charges um, with is uh, some people that aren't going to go. That's how economics works. Mm -hmm. That's how pricing works, because it's based on supply and demand. As as the price goes up, the demand is going to decrease. Every single time, Ellen, go to college and take (laughs) economics. That's the problem. She probably did go to college and take economics. I'm not sure if you've ever taken a college economics class, Mark. Well, I I took economics, and uh, it, it talked about supply and demand. How could they uh, miss that? Most places will probably raise drink prices or cover charges or just start charging a cover if they don't already do so. Right. Strip clubs occupy... Well, it sounded like they're going to charge everybody whether they come in and buy drinks or not, right? Are, are they... I mean, are they... Generally, there's a cover charge to get into the area where the bar is. I mean, you can't just... Generally. Generally, yeah. So they're going so to have to pay... Like Disney World, my friend. Yeah. Right, if you they have, have to pay per head, then they're going to have to cover... It's going to have to be done with a cover charge. They can't make it up with drink sales. They could. Someone could come in and not drink anything. They yeah. could. That, like me, last time I went to a strip. They could would, make it up with drinks, but that would be unfair to the people that come in and um, right. drink versus the people that don't. It would probably be also against the law, because it sounds no. like it's a per head charge. It's a per head charge, but they don't have to charge it. That's just what they have to pay for the right. people to come in. Right, like... The they basically they have 50 people come in, so the government says you owe us this much money for 50 people, but the strip club can divide that up. I mean, they can and pay that however. How's the government going to count? Know? Right, that's the question. Exactly. How are they going to do that? Are they going to send? You know what this is? It's another excuse to send the damn cops into the strip club so they can have a you know a sting operation. That hey, hey guys, guess where we get to go tonight? It's a strip club sting. Woohoo! Yep. That's all this crap that is. That is actually a really good point. How are they going to monitor how They'll many people? They'll send a cop in, and he'll sit on the inside of the club all night long, and he'll count the number of people that'll come through uh, I'm the I'm sure that's door. all he'll be doing, too, at uh-huh. that strip club. Yep. No lap dances on the side. Free for cops. So yeah. they say uh, strip clubs occupy a mythic place in Texas. Lore is a spot where young women can work their way through college, and small-town girls with dreams of Hollywood and stardom get their start no, that's true. On the lowest rung of uh, showbiz, Texas's topless uh, spots range from dimly lit dives with pickup trucks lined outside to gentlemen's clubs that resemble plush hunting lodges and attract men in business suits. 
The poll tax is unlikely to have much effect on your finer establishments. On a recent weekday at the Lodge, the cars in the valet parking lot included BMWs, a Ferrari, several Mercedes, and a table in the back corner sat Jerry Trigg, an architect who uh, said he goes alone or takes customers to the club in Dallas and Houston about three times a week. It's probably true that the uh, the rich customers, it's not going to be a huge deal to them to pay those $5, but the poor guys, the guys that are, you know, working the construction have jobs. Going to the titty bars. Yeah, mm. they're going to have a tough time, and they're going to be less likely to go. And as you said earlier, it's going to, or as one of the owners said, it's more likely to shut some people down than anything clubs. else. Now, here's an interesting aspect to the enforcement side of this. As I suggested, the only way to know for sure if the club is accurate on their counts is to sit in there and check them on it, right? So they send a cop in to check on this. Of course, it's going to be obvious eventually who the cop is because he's going to be counting people coming through the door. He won't be able to keep his eyes off the door uh, or whatever. So the cops are going to get to the point where – corruption, anybody? Where the cops will make a deal possibly with the strip club owner to say, hey – you know, I'll only report 100 people through the door. Let's say they had 200 come through the door. I'll only report 100 people to the door if you let me in the VIP and give me a few lap dances. You don't think that kind of stuff's going to happen? <laughs> of course it will, because they have the power to do it, and they'll get away with it every time. Hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number three of the program, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. On the way here, we'll tell you about how the FBI has stolen a man's life savings. And... Uh, they, they could care less about his life. We'll uh, get to that. But first, another story I promised last night we didn't get to. Drug traffickers, according to ABC News, are using a fleet of as many as 20 mini-submarines to move huge quantities of cocaine through the Caribbean. Federal law enforcement and the Coast Guard officials tell ABC the cocaine vessels are often harder to detect than Russian submarines because of the way they skim the surface, say officials. The Russian submarine has a certain signal that you can just listen to underwater, while the cocaine vessels give very little signal, said the Admiral, whose officers are testing a captured sub in order to adjust Coast Guard sensors. In a report to be aired, uh, officials showed off the recently captured vessel, a semi-submersible that carried 9,000 pounds of pure cocaine. They started out with 4 to 5 tons. The new ones are estimated to carry between 12 and 15 tons of narcotics. The vessels are able to travel up to 2,000 miles and evade Navy and Coast Guard ships patrolling the waters between Colombia and the U.S. and Mexico. Officials say the cocaine trafficking groups actually assemble the vessels in the jungles of Colombia and then truck them to remote, uh, to remote ports to be launched. The vessels carry a crew of only two or three and often are purposefully sunk if detected by patrol boats, say officials. The use patrol boats are looking for submarines? Yeah. Incredible. They they know they're out there, so they're on the lookout. It's hard to find them, though. The use of the subs comes as U.S. officials say cocaine prices have risen an estimated 45% in the last 10 months, a sustained trend that suggests supply is being affected. 
Well, that may or may not be the case. There's always inflation as a factor, too. Uh, you know, the, the truth is drug dealers have to buy things just like anybody else. And so if, you know, if their cost of living goes up, they're going to raise their prices. And even if, if uh, supplies are down, people are still paying. Yep. We're still making organized crime rich. Never, uh, never happened before, and I think 30 years of looking at the drug problem in the United States, said White House thug drug czar John Walter, saying, if we reduce the quality and raise the price, this product, like every other pro- uh, product, is susceptible to a declining market. Nonsense. Yeah. He is full of it. The fact is, these cocaine addicts will do, many of them, will do virtually anything it takes to get their hands on their next fix. Uh, and... It doesn't matter what that includes. It could include stealing car stereos out of people's cars. It could include robbing banks, uh, robbing people at gunpoint, uh, breaking in, entering into people's homes, and you know, holding them at gunpoint while you take all their jewelry or whatever. And There's all kinds of ways to make money. still always going to have the good stuff. They can't stop it all, and that's the problem. Critics say there have been other blips in cocaine prices before, and those have been proven to be only temporary. Uh, right. The price of cocaine today, even after this blip, is about 40% of what it was in the 1980s, said Ethan Nadelman, the executive director of the Drug Policy Alliance, who, I might add, is going to be speaking at the upcoming Liberty Forum here in New Hampshire, uh, January 3rd through the 6th. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. He says the drug czar is grasping for straws. Cocaine seems to be just as widely available on the streets as it ever was, said Nadelman. Of course he's right. Because people, just as much today as they ever did in the past, want to snort cocaine. It's actually pretty popular, apparently, around where we live here it's in It's uh, pretty Keene. popular everywhere among, yep. like, 20-year-olds, I'd say. And, and I, I don't think it's... I think it's a terrible drug, but the fact is people want to use it, and as long as people want to use it, there are going to be people in the black market who are willing to risk it, uh, risk arrest, risk severe penalties in order pr- to provide it to those people. Oh, it disturbs your sleep. That's a terrible thing. They'll go so far as to, I mean, these, really, just look at this from a a wide perspective. The drug dealers, they have so much money, and their profits are so guaranteed, basically, because, again, the users are always going to be there looking for a fix. Their profits are so guaranteed, they can afford to just build these submarines and send them out, you know, submarines. They're building their own subs. It's not like they're calling up a company and ordering these things. They've got people bolting together metal and, you know, building submarines to load full of drugs and take to America. This is happening. It's like it's something out of a it, it movie. Just, it just goes to show that they'll do anything. You know, they'll, they'll come up no matter what the cops do. They'll figure out some way to get around it. They are building submarines. Yep. Uh, and I was looking at some of the photos of the subs. They're they're obviously not, they're obviously not uh, really too advanced. They're just good enough to get the job done. You know, get from one point to another. Sure. In fact, they they claim that they're one-way vehicles, but I don't know why that would be the case. That wouldn't make any sense. Why would you build a sub for a one-way trip? They're not worth uh, bringing back. Not worth I guess. bringing back. Yeah, probably the case. Just the cost of doing business, basically, right? If you can put the put together, the free market will come up with a submarine that's cheap enough that you can dispose of it. That's what they've done here, except it's not the free market. It's the black market that's managed to figure this out. So it just really goes to show how effective the market is, that even when prohibited, these products still manage to find their way into the hands of the American consumer. Can we just stop this madness right now? Can we please end this insane war on drugs? Oh, there is one candidate that's willing to do it, Ron Paul. And uh, there's a little bit more about Ron Paul we can talk about here in a few moments. But, uh, you know, he's the only one. 
while well, I guess Mike Gravel, he's sort of the Democrat guy that might might possibly end the war on drugs. I yeah, think but he's, I, he's a, so far behind in the polls. I mean, he'll probably drop out before the New Hampshire primary. Probably true. Uh, nonetheless, I figured he was worth mentioning. I don't want to make it sound like it was only Ron Paul. Even Dennis Kucinich, he's only good on possession of marijuana. He still wants to put the drug dealers in jail. He's still anti-drug in that way. So he's not going to be your savior. The only way to end this insane boondoggle of a government program that's ruining people's lives is by electing somebody like Ron Paul and hopefully some other representatives and uh, and senators that are like him to to put an end to this insanity. I guess you don't really need the senators and the reps because Ron Paul can just pardon everybody. He can just say, pardon, pardon, pardon. He could get in there on his first day in office and pardon every single nonviolent drug offender in, in federal prison. And he could just basically make Why it, wouldn't he? They haven't yeah. hurt anybody. He should. In fact, if we ever get him on the show again, I plan on asking him a question about that as to whether or not he would, because I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. Here's another tragic drug war story for you, because the tragedy never ends. I mean, the whole drug war is based on ruining people's lives ever more than they could ever ruin them on their own with drugs. Because drugs are, you know, getting addicted to drugs, bad thing. And it's important to point out here that just because you use drugs doesn't mean that you're a drug addict. That's true. So you, you, your life can be ruined, and it would not have been ruined at all with drugs, but it could totally be ruined by the war on drugs. It absolutely can. You could spend the rest of your life in a prison cell because of uh, possessing uh, enough of these to possibly be considered a dealer, and then you're, you're up the river. I actually had to go to a bunch of classes when I got arrested, and there was one guy who dealt, I think it was cocaine, and he didn't use it at all, ever. And he said it was awesome because it was 100% profit, and he never was tempted to use any of his product or anything like that. And that guy probably got put in jail for a while for selling cocaine, and he didn't have a drug problem. He's unusual in the business. Many dealers are simply selling in order to to finance their own habit, Yeah, Uh, but that's, that's a true businessman. Who uh, is involved there? And there are some like, that are like that. Now, this guy, he had a little bit of marijuana. He's 63 years old. His name's Luther Ricks, and he lives in Lima, Ohio. Two robbers who broke into Luther Ricks Sr.'s house this summer might not have gotten his life savings he had in a safe, but after the FBI confiscated it, he might not ever get it back. Ricks has tried to get an attorney to fight for the $402,767. He doesn't have any money anymore. The Lima Police Department officers originally took the money from his house, but the FBI stepped in and took it from the police department. Ricks was not been charged, uh, has not been charged with a crime and was cleared in a fatal shooting of one of the robbers. But still, the FBI has refused to return the money, he said. He said, they're saying, I have to prove I made it. The 63-year-old Ricks said he and his wife Meredith saved the money during their lifetime in which both worked while living a modest life. Well, if he worked, then he could prove he made the money, right? Yeah, sure. You've got all your pay stubs from back to 19... I don't have last 60. week's pay stubs. He's got I uh, that stuff tax returns. Away. Isn't that enough? One I pay taxes on this stuff. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. But you aren't required to keep tax returns beyond a certain amount of years, right? They've got them. <laughs> And I'm yeah, sure they'll look it up for yeah. him. Yeah, they're going to do all that footwork, right, Mark? Those bureaucrats? They're certainly not going to make it easy. We'll come back with more talk about these poor folks. It's not an unusual story. If you've got cash and the police find it, say goodbye because of the war on drugs. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, and they include the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go online to freetalklive.com and download them. There's... It's free. You don't have to log in. There's no membership fee. You just click and download. Freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com, talking about the insane war on drugs and how it just ends up ruining people's lives. Not only those who actually take the drugs, but innocent folks that get caught up in just the asinine laws that surround the war on drugs. Because there are drug dealers and because drugs are illegal, the government has passed all of this anti-money laundering legislation as well. Because you couldn't possibly make any money without going through legitimate government-approved channels in America. And so if it's found out that you have cash in your house or cash in your car or wherever the government encounters you and you happen to have enough cash, they'll just take it. And then you have to prove that it was your money in the first place. You have to prove that the money was innocent of any crimes because they charge the money. Right. As kind of, much kind of sense as that makes. How it's can you madness. charge something that's inanimate? Right. They're, they're, they, they don't actually... In this case, um, a 63-year-old man and his wife worked through their entire lives. They saved their money because they knew they were going to retire at some point, and they figured that they'd be able to take care of themselves if they put a bunch of money away, and that's the correct way to think. Certainly sure. the right thing to do, uh, except he didn't trust banks, so he kept it all himself. Now... Probably not a good idea to keep all that money in one place, in this case over $400,000, but obviously he's not a financial expert. He didn't have it invested in anything. He just saved it all and kept it in a safe in his house. Well, turns out that uh, there was a fatal shooting incident inside his house earlier this year where he and his son were attacked by two men. His son was stabbed. Mr. Ricks broke free and grabbed a gun and shot to death 32-year-old Gino Rock inside his home uh, on Greenlawn Avenue. Police originally took the money after finding marijuana inside Ricks' home, which Rick said he had to help manage pain. He said, I smoke marijuana, I have arthritis, I have shingles, hip replacement, he said. He's retired from the Ohio Steel Foundry. He says he's always had a safe at home and has never had a bank account. Guess what, Mark? A uh, representative of the FBI could not be reached for comment. What a surprise. Why should they talk to anybody? They've got the money. They don't have anything to say. American Civil, uh, the ACLU of Ohio director said that Mr. Ricks has a tough road ahead. It's not impossible, but very difficult to get back his money. Could take a long time. The ter- and he has no money now. Right. What's he doing for money? The law of forfeiture basically says you have to prove you're innocent. It's a terrible, terrible law, he said. It's tilted in favor of the FBI in that Ricks need not be charged with a crime, and he hasn't been. They didn't even charge him with the uh, marijuana possession. Pretty typical. And uh, the FBI, they like to do that. Right. They just take the cash. And the FBI stands a good chance at keeping the money, he said. The law will presume it is the result of ill-gotten gains. Look, the only ill-gotten gains right, in this case is on the FBI's side when they stole this man's life savings. And what happened to guilt, guilty until proven innocent? Even the money is uh, considered to be guilty until mm-hmm. proven innocent. That's or, a great me, question. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? What indeed? 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Krishna in Santa Cruz, listening on KSCO. Krishna, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I want to say right from the beginning that I'm for legalizing prostitution and drugs. Yes. How about now, gambling? Let's throw gambling in there while we're at it. And gambling, too. Very yeah, good. why not? But, you know, as I say it, I think that I'm being too glib because I think that since the 60s, our society generally has become more permissive. And people of the 60s have been raising kids in a more permissive manner. So if drugs were legalized, I think we might have 12-year-old kids on up getting hooked on it. But you have that today, yeah, Krishna. I hear that when they legalized um, alcohol, for instance, after the prohibition, it didn't mean that there were more drunks. Those who would become alcoholics did, and those who didn't, didn't. So there was no tick up. I don't know if that would be the case with drugs. Well, and, and, and would there in be Amsterdam, like a lot uh, of regulations about testing everybody for every particular job? I don't know what it would be a Pandora's box opening. What do you think? Well, things will definitely change, Krishna. But uh, in Amsterdam, they legalized uh, marijuana, and the usage of marijuana decreased in high school students. Also, um, when we saw last year at the Liberty Forum, we saw Jack Cole speak. Um, he From Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Right. Um, he brought up the point that before, when drugs, all drugs were completely legal, um, there was, I think it was 3% of the population was addicted by, to, to drugs. I thought and it was 1%, but Or okay. 1%, whatever. It was a very small percentage. But the point is, when he, they first made them illegal, and now today, the, uh, the percentage of drug addicts is exactly the same as it was when it was totally legal. Nothing has changed whatsoever. doctors that there isn't really an uptick that much. Maybe initially it would be, and then it would calm down. That's what they saw. Well, I think there'd be a big party. Yeah, so that's what. Yeah, that's what they saw in Amsterdam. Is that uh, after it went re-legalized or semi-legalized, whatever you want to call it, uh, there was a slight spike in usage, but after that, it dropped below the level that it was previously at. Um, so basically what happens is you take away the forbidden fruit aspect to these drugs. It's no longer something that you can't do right. or shouldn't do or whatever you can't do. Um, so kids aren't as excited by that anymore. It's, just, you know, it's the old thing where you tell a kid not to do something. Of course they want to go and do it. Because, you know, kids, do you, I don't know what the statistics are right now about smoking. I don't know if kids are smoking more or less. Uh, smoking's know. going down yeah. uh, in in all demographics because uh, all of smoking the anti is. yeah all of the anti smoking campaigns yeah, out there. People you, are learning. How, but wait, how can you accurately measure the young demographic when it comes to anything, especially things that they're not supposed to be doing? Well, they're not right. growing up to smoke. Right, mm. they'll probably say no. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> this is the only thing I fear so much. Is you know I'm calling from Santa Cruz. It's called the uh, Keep Santa Cruz Weird. Signs, bumper and bumper stickers. <laughs> okay. And um, here, every middle class homes, two upper middle class homes, I think most of them have children that are doing drugs on a regular oh, basis. Oh yeah. Whether it's alcohol or marijuana or something else, they're absolutely kids in America today. It's cool to get high. That's I, what they yeah. do. I started with cigarettes at age eleven or twelve. And then what? And then I went on to alcohol, and then marijuana, 
and then other drugs. So the so, laws didn't stop you? No, from... they didn't stop me, and I started doing drugs technically when I was 12. You know what, Krishna, here's another uh, aspect for you. The fact is, kids are doing du- drugs right now, and they're doing black market drugs, drugs that are produced in you know somebody's bathtub. Yeah, or... the whole, all the sins that happen when you make something illegal is exactly. happening. I understand that. But one thing I worry about is that kids are taking like 34 years in order to get their heads straightened from these addictions and where they're going in life, which means they're depending on parents which, who are like my age, 60 or in their 70s, who are still having to take care of these, of these men and women, young men and women that can't get straightened out because they've been on drugs for so long. I... And it is, it, it is quite considered normal, at least in this town where they say, Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. This, when they're 34, they will be Krishna, fine. Krishna, we're out of it's time. Like Thank we... you for the call tonight. Appreciate yeah. it. Oh, I was going to say, I know exactly what she's saying, but I don't think it's because of the drugs. I blame government schools. Very good. More on this and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. 800-259-9231. Talking about the insane war on drugs. It's time to end it and end it completely. Relegalize everything. Make it so people can easily access these products in the marketplace. And they won't have to face arrest and possibly the ruining of their lives uh, for making a mistake that otherwise would only you know, affect them for a short period of time as opposed to getting a conviction on their record and affecting them for the rest of their lives. Or in the case of this, uh, this gentleman in the 60s that we were talking about earlier, have the, the FBI confiscate all of his cash, all of his life savings, over $400,000, and now he has to prove that it was his money in the first place that he had earned over his entire life lifetime prove that beyond whatever the hell their requirements are in order to prove it at the federal level in order to have even a chance at getting it back so there's so many different reasons why this war on drugs needs to end that's one of those are several of the reasons the other reasons is uh, or one of the other reasons is to keep you safer from the drug addicts out there whether you are a drug user or not yes uh, yes, if you are a drug user, you'll be safer because the drugs will be manufactured in a more quality-controlled environment, in a real business, instead of some drug dealer's bathtub. And if you're not a drug user, if you aren't even connected with the drug scene, you'll be safer and your family will be safer because some drug-addled crackhead isn't going to come breaking into your house in the middle of the night trying to rob you blind so he can get his next hit of crack cocaine. I mean, th- those things now, some won't people, happen. Some people would argue, though, that, uh, well, if crack cocaine's legal, then just as many, if not more, people will be addicted to it. Then what's to stop them from breaking in? Here's the answer. 
Crack cocaine won't cost nearly as much. How right. much does aspirin cost? Do you see anybody robbing anyone for cigarettes? Do you see anyone uh, holding someone up or slitting someone's throat over alcohol? I mean, to get it, and not because they drank it. One could, I mean, if drugs were all legal, people probably wouldn't use crack because crack is supposed to be an alternative for cocaine because cocaine's very expensive. Mm. But cocaine won't be as expensive when it's legal. That's true. So crack there'll be was no reason. Yeah, exactly. Because crack Coke's would not illegal. exist if it wasn't for the war on drugs. But, but, but presumably crack's not going to go away. Maybe some people really like its effects. I don't know what the difference is between uh, crack and cocaine, but presumably they might like it. But the fact is, people who smoke crack don't smoke crack so they can go rob a store. They don't smoke crack so they can go break into someone's house. They smoke crack to get high. Right. And if they have crack and it's cheap, then they'll just keep getting high. Maybe they'll have a heart attack and kill themselves. I don't know. But that's their business and not mine. Now, one of the other issues, we had Krishna call in a few moments ago from California, and one of the other issues she had brought up towards the end of her call was that she was concerned that uh, kids today in America are sort of being coddled by their parents. They're staying home for longer and longer than they ever did in the past, apparently. And uh, she's disturbed by that and wonders how drug legalization will affect that situation. And you wanted to expound on that. She's absolutely right, I think, in that people are being coddled more. Um, And I think there's several reasons for that. Number one, first of all, we're living longer. So people were getting married at 15 a while ago, but they were dying at 50. Uh, So that sort of has something to do with it. But I totally blame the government for this. Um, They just they take care of every almost every aspect of your life now. And so it's. It's like you don't really have to do anything. You can just sort of be pushed along, and somebody will always be there to help you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of a an American phenomenon, people moving out of their house and getting apartments and living by themselves or with roommates and that kind of thing. In a lot of countries, people live with their parents until they get married. And then they sometimes they'll live in the same house still. Right, and they take care of their parents. Um, I think that I see this all the time with my friends. A lot of my friends that I had when I was fi- when I was 15, now they've gone on to college, right? And yeah. their parents are paying for their college. So it's like if they promise to go to college, they can have their parents still take care of them, but they can be sort of on their own. Mm. But then they get out of college and it's like, "Oh wait, I'm an adult now. What do I do? I've never lived on my own. Right. Yeah, I don't know how to take care of myself." So you don't think that uh, Krishna's suggestion that these kids are staying home longer and longer because they're drug addicts, is that that's not the case? No, I don't think drugs really has anything to do with it. I think that the government is responsible for that via government education mostly and just the fact that they do everything now. Well, yeah, and we've talked about on the show before this sort of the childification of uh, young people in America where kids um as kids there in America... There are a bunch of weenies now. Well, there's that, uh, and then there's also the fact that they're just... They're they're told they aren't adults. Uh, they're told that you aren't an adult until you reach this particular age, and that's usually 18. But even then, you're not really an adult. Because, because you can't drink. You right. can't buy DXM in the state of New Hampshire until you're 19. 19. What, right. what about 18? Why can't I buy it when I'm 18? I thought I was an adult. Oh, sorry. Cough Just syrup. kidding. Right. So they're they're sort of coddled in this way, and they're encouraged to not work. Uh, they're in fact prohibited from working. A lot of them are sent off to university, where um, you know the the term drunk and college student have almost become synonymous. That's true. what college is for. What and do you mean? Adults tell me this all the time. They say, 
You should go to college because of the experience. It's so much fun to just hang out with friends. And it's like a long hangover. It is. <laughs> I thought college was exactly the same as high school, except you could smoke cigarettes on campus. Well, you went to community college. It's true. And if I, I guess if I went to a university, though, it would still be the same for me. I live down There's the still... street from a university. Those kids are not studying hard. No. I, I mean, they're out in front of my window at 2 o'clock in the morning screaming their drunk yeah. heads off. Yeah. Okay. That's a little different than going to a community college. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's more of like an ongoing same. party at the the university because the kids are completely they're, you know, they're on their own. They're living on campus right. is the difference. There's still the same crap goes on in community college though. The only difference is that the campus isn't big enough to live on. Well, it's better that in community college because at least most of them are living at home with their parents and they right. have some kind of uh, uh, guidance. Whereas these kids off, are off on their own. They don't see their parents for months at a time. But the parents, of course, are still writing big, big checks to uh, you know keep, and then these keep up with the dormitories and all that other stuff. Oh, those dorms are not cheap either. In fa- and they're teeny tiny. I don't know why anybody would want to live in a dorm room. It's part of the experience, Julia. You've got to be on campus. <laughs> you know, I went to school. When I went to community college, I hated it so much. I couldn't imagine being in school all the time, like just being no. stuck on a campus. I only went to school when I absolutely had to, and I couldn't wait to leave and get back to real life. So kids are told, I mean, they're told that this is the path to take. Right. They're told by their peers, they're told by the adults in their life, and they're especially told it by the guidance counselors and the administrators and the teachers at the government schools that they spend, you know, 13 years of their life uh, being indoctrinated at. They're told that if you don't go to college, then you won't be successful, they're to- which is, of course, just, abs- just an absolute lie. It's just not true. In fact, it could be argued that most people don't need to go to college. A lot of employers would rather have experience over um, a college education anyway. And a college education doesn't guarantee you a job. No, it sure doesn't. I mean, you uh, like there for example, there's a gentleman who ha- went spent 4 years, 2 or 4 years, I'm not sure, at college to be a restaurant manager. Um he is at the lowest, you work with. Yeah, I work with him, and I'm a, I'm a manager, and all I did was spend a year and a half working hard to get where I'm at. Well, now, wait a minute. You worked in uh, food service prior to where you're That's currently true. at. That's true. So how but, many years total have you been in uh, um, food well, service? Well, I've been in food service for nine years now, pretty much. Well, you yeah. started like waiting when, tables and stuff? Yeah, um, but I've been at this restaurant. Um, and how much did you spend to get that training? Zero dollars. In fact, I made money. Oh, you made money. Whereas this kid, uh, he spent thirty six thousand dollars, and he gets angry sometimes at me that he has the position or I have the position and he doesn't. He always Mm -hmm. tells me he wants my job. Well, you learned a thirty-six thousand dollar lesson there, right. buddy. The fact is, Nobody you don't deserve owes anything. You anything. Now, yep. There's some careers where I, I say you absolutely have to have a college degree. Doctor. Obviously, doctors, engineers, architects, yeah. uh, lawyer, those kind of things. You have to have it. But a lot of these degrees, these sociology, uh, you know, psychology, uh, com- communications, liberal arts, that kind of stuff. Your thoughts on this or whatever's on your mind, you can take control even in these remaining moments. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but maybe enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. Features for free. Like the show? Well, then we'd ask for your assistance by shopping with us at Amazon.FreetalkLive.com. If you've been to the website, you know that we give you everything for free. So this is just a way for you to get the stuff that you need for life or buy gifts for people or whatever you need to buy online and a cut. 
cut of your sale will go to Free Talk Live. Now, just as a point of information, when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, it won't show you how much is going to Free Talk Live when you check out. And the reason for that is because it's calculated at the end of a month, and it depends on the amount of uh, items that we sell. So the percentage will change depending on how many people buy things. So it won't say anywhere, but trust me, if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive will get a cut of your purchase. Doesn't matter if you buy used items. We'll get a cut. Uh, So once again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We're talking about the war on drugs. We're talking about the childification of America, how young people in America are just encouraged to be like children as long as possible. Instead of encouraged to grow up sooner rather than later, they're encouraged, oh no, stay childlike. You should be out playing even though you're 24. You know, this kind of mentality. And it, and it comes from a bunch of different areas. It comes from the, the fact that, uh, kids, that kids today, they're prevented from working. So you cannot go and get a real job at age 12 or 10 or whatever. And you when you can at 16, you're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours per week. Right. It's federally regulated. Yeah. Right. They tell you all these little rules, and um, it gives you the impression that somehow the federal government regulates all the rules for working, and mm. you can rely on them to protect, protect you. you. Yeah. Um, we, for example, where I work, we won't hire anyone under 16, and the reason why... Yeah, it's not worth it because the the 16-year-olds can barely work, and the 14- and 50-year-olds, they can't work at all, and it's right. just too many rules for us to deal with. So what do those kids do? Well, they go out and they get high because they don't have anything else to do. They're 15. They can't get a job. They can't get a paper route because nobody reads the things anymore. They're bored. <laughs> uh, they're bored. You have to have a car beca- to go between houses. Right. So when a kid is bored and he can't actually get any work, what's he do? He gets together with his buddies and goes sprays, you know, spray paint stuff, skateboards and breaks things and, you know, does things because they're bored. That's what teenagers do. If they were actually able to uh, to go out into the workplace and get some experience, it would do a lot, I think, to help grow them up right quick. Getting a job at 14 was the smartest decision I made as a teenager. And how and I fortunate make, yeah, I that you were able to find one. Yeah, I actually had a job two days before I turned 14, and it was only because of my mother knowing someone. I see. And I was only allowed to work one day a week, and there was all kinds of rules. And I remember when I turned 15, there was new rules, and I got to work a little more. And when I turned 16, there was even more rules, you know, and I was so excited that I could work another day. So kids can't even have jobs, um, you know, anytime they want them, so they can't get that experience. Then they're told that they have to be of certain age in order to do certain things, which is just asking. As though, you know, kids can't decide for themselves what movies they want to see, or better yet, the theaters can't decide for themselves who they want to let in. And uh, they can see those movies that their parents come along. So silly. Yeah, it really is. Uh, who waited until they were 17 to see an R-rated movie? And then there's the inconsistency of the fact that you can do some things at 18, but not until 21 for other things. It is, it's just absolutely nuts. And then again, there's also the track that people say you must go on. You must go to college. You must do this if you want to be successful, where, of course, college is really more of just a big party than anything else. And that's not teaching kids the right lessons about life necessarily. So when they get out of college, they want to keep the party going. They spend all their money on you know drinking and partying on the weekends, weekend warrior, that sort of thing. And Really, when do they get the chance to grow up, for real? Is it when they have a kid? Because it seems like they're getting knocked up earlier and earlier, and now you've got 16-year-old Britney Spears' sister uh, getting knocked up as well. I don't know how parents are going to be dealing with that, but I guess it's an excuse to talk about pregnancy. I know uh, most of my friends when I, from when I was a teenager are pregnant now or have kids now. And, and they're they, in their early 20s. Yeah, and they always say the same thing. Well, like, it forced me to grow up. It was good for me, but... 
uh, you I weren't ready. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily a good you're thing. A little, you're, you're essentially a teenage girl in their early 20s, basically. I mean, they yeah. haven't really had... You've been looking at their MySpace pages, they for instance. They send me messages. Right, and you say that they haven't changed. No, in not the at decade all. That, you, that you've been away from them, that they're still the same people. They just can buy alcohol now. <laughs> Which is kind of scary. Well, they don't so, have to go wait in parking lots and take their shirts off for dudes to get alcohol anymore, I guess. Wow. That's a big step. Have you done that? Um, <laughs> pro- yeah. Yeah. Fifteen-year-olds do dumb things, and alcohol seems like something you right. really want to do when you're 15. It's not so. hard to get it. That's not, not- it doesn't sound like very hard. <laughs> I had a Mark system for getting alcohol, too. It didn't yeah. require taking any clothing off, thank no, God. That's because you that's you're a dude. You have to pay somebody. That's all you have to do. That's because you're a dude. All right, let's go to the phones here. Ike's on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Ike, what's on your mind? Hey, what's up, guys? Actually, Alex. Oh, Alex in Florida. Hey, how are you? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, With respect to the college thing, 90% of kids go to college. They just drink. They just party. They don't really learn anything. There is a good 10% that, that actually tries to, you know, sure. motivate themselves intellectually. But it's overwhelming. The lion's share of kids, uh, I go to UF, the lion's share of kids oh, here yeah. definitely just party. They don't do anything. It's one of the party uh, schools year after year, is it not? Isn't it in a, uh, an award-winning school for parties? Definitely. And, I mean, I, it's really sad for me because uh, I'm an economics student. And I try to, you know, get into, like, intellectual conversation with my peers. <laughs> It really isn't completely impossible. I I gave up a long time oh, ago. Dude, why you want to talk about all that smart stuff? Why don't you keep that in the classroom? We're trying to party here. Yeah, that's basically the answers I get, and it's it, they they just cram as much as they can right before the test, and they take the test. They take the test. No which, retention. You know, the tests are definitely not free market leaning at all. Yep. Most of the classes here, if not all of them, are are very much a uh, you know Marxist leaning, if not liberal leaning. Yeah. In, in, Typical in teaching. So, right. How would you say, what would you say the mentality of these, I mean, you're talking about people 19, 20, 22 years old, what would you say their real age is? Like, oh, you mean like the, sort of like the psychology of them? Yeah, how old do they act? I don't know, I mean, like, I used to, I used to do that stuff when I was like, in the beginning, you know, years of high school, I mean, yeah. I guess they're stuck back in that era, I mean, I used to do drink and party, but that was like back in the day when I was like a freshman in high school, and yeah, right. I wasn't, I'm not really proud of that era either, so. But looking back, stuck, you can, you, know? you can see, you feel so much more mature as a result, looking back and saying, wow, you know, I gave that up when I was 17, and you guys are still doing it. Right, and they're, they're, they're stuck in that era of their life, and it's sad they're bringing it, and uh, bringing it to the future, and, and really, they're not moving. They're not moving along in, in uh, any job. They're not moving along right. intellectually. They're not learning anything, and they're really just going to get a degree. Then, in the end, they're not really going to learn anything. There's nothing new in their minds except, you know, what kind of what kind of drink they like the best. Well, yeah, most college kids, when they graduate, they never use their degree at the uh, the career they end up in. Most of them, do, I, mean, I think, it's like nine out of ten. Well, yeah, what so. are you going to do with a sociology degree? What are you indeed? A friend of mine got one of those. He went all the way through like grad school for yeah. it, and now he's you know, he's working some retail job. So a lot of good that did him. Hey, Alex, thanks for the call, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They say that uh, people with uh, bachelor's degrees make more, but you know, I I, I want to eliminate some of them. Uh, you know, that, that got certain types of degrees, the ones that you can actually use in the yeah. real in the marketplace. I'd like to eliminate those and see see how much more of the people are that are liberal know, arts. Yeah, degrees. those kind of. My dad actually encouraged me, begged me to go, demanded that I go get a liberal arts degree, that exact degree. 
And I he laughed uh-huh. at me when I told him that, why would I do that? That's retarded. It's not a degree in anything. Well, your dad's an academic. He teaches for a living. And so he believes fully in uh, this myth about college. And he wants I, you to do the same thing right, he did. I said that I wanted to take some time off, figure out what I wanted to do, and then go back for that specific degree. And he said, no, 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 you don't. You need to go get a liberal arts degree first, and then you can figure <laughs> out what you want to do. <laughs> what? That doesn't make awful. any sense. You know what? I really enjoyed the uh, the Penn and Teller BS episode on college. on college, where they had this just jackball sort of uh, showing off for the cameras uh, and crushing, you know, oh. beer cans on his forehead and that sort of things. Yeah. Like this is what you get in college. Cool. Congratulations. Let's continue and talk to Kevin in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Kevin, with Ian, Julia, and Mark. You think the drug problem would be much bigger if we got rid of the uh, Dare program? Where they get the, where these uh, politicians use the police to teach the little kids how to use the drugs in the first place. Yeah, yeah. they certainly do introduce young kids to drugs, and the and, facts on Dare show quite clearly that they are. It's completely ineffective and a waste of money. And uh, and back when it was legal, they didn't have all that problem, or they didn't go around to the schools and teach them. They treated no. it as medicine. Yeah. yeah, well, kids could go into a, a corner store and they could first, uh, you know, they could buy a bottle full of heroin and nobody would check their ID or bat an eye at it. It was, it was no medicine. Why would they? Right. And that's why it was treated as medicine when it was competition to the big drug companies. Yep, you've yep. got it, man. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. We are about done. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. So the only sane thing to do is to end the war on drugs entirely. That is, if you care about people. Otherwise, you can just keep ruining their lives by putting them in jail, stealing their money, stealing their stash, and just just crapping on their life. We'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us in the meantime online at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.